What's going on, folks? This is Sports Shorts with Jack Brennan and my uh, co heir uh, Justin Watson. How's it going, guys? Uh, today we're going to be talking about a number of sports topics, including Georgia-Bama, NFL playoffs, and what happened in Week 18. What's your deal where we talk about crazy things around sports and what's going on, five to seven-minute seven rundown, just uh, what's going on in sports, and we'll go into some further discussion about some other things. But uh, first we want to start off with uh, – the Georgia-Bama game. Uh, Georgia won 33-18. This one was a tale of two halves. Yeah, for sure. In uh, the first half, I heard a lot of guys talk about Georgia. They didn't see it too strong in the first half. It was a 6-9 to nine game. Yeah, I was going to say 6-9 to nine going into halftime. That is not a game you'd expect from arguably two of the best offenses in college football this season, especially with Bama being the, uh, the holder of the Heisman winner, Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, I really think that wide receiver who got hurt for Bama, I think that really affected them. Yeah. Uh, I bet it really changed up uh, their game plan. And, you know, uh, the part of Alabama that really stayed strong was their defense. I mean, <clears throat> defensively, they only gave up what? They th- Georgia had 33 points in the pick six at the end of the half. So, yeah. Yeah, they only gave up around. Uh, I mean, by the end of the third points. quarter, they only gave up 13. Yeah, they only gave up 26 points. And, you know, high-level offense like Georgia, you're trying to keep them. That's kind of where you're going to try and keep them. Uh, keep them at is around the 20-point scale. And Definitely. You, like I was saying before, a lot of people are saying Georgia. They didn't think Georgia was going to pull it out. It was a six to nine game. Georgia's defense was on fire the whole game. Definitely. They, clo- they closed the game out. Like, I, Georgia's defense won that game. I mean, the pl- uh, it was great attack on offense because in the third quarter, uh, or third, yeah, th- fourth quarter rather. Uh, Georgia did a good job on at, right after there was a, there was a call right after it, it was a pass interference call and DB just got burnt. They went right back in and attacked and the same corner they got a touchdown right on him and uh, it was just a great job of attacking the defense and finally finding a hole in that Alabama defense, which is hard to do when you got Saban, who's a mainly defensive coordinator for uh, Bama, just uh, working on the other side. He one of the greatest coaches of all time. It was a good job by uh, Georgia's uh, offense coordinator. I uh, definitely can agree with that one. Um, what really baffled me was the fact that Bryce Young threw for nearly 400 yards, but the attempt number was insane. He had 57 attempts, only completing 35. That is almost half of his passes were incomplete, two being interceptions. How do you feel about that one? Well, I, I think it's quite honestly moronic because when you look at the when you if you watch the game, Alabama they could it's not like the run game. It was getting stopped. Georgia's got a good defensive line. But they were moving the ball on some drives, and then they just decided to pass and stop the run game when it was a close game. And I think they should have just ran the ball, gave it to the running back more often. I can definitely agree with that one. Uh, Brian Robinson, the, the running back for Bama, had an outstanding game against uh, our home team, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, I think he had, what was it, north of 250 uh, rushing yards? Yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, This game, he didn't even touch 70. I think uh, that was probably the most important part of the game for that Georgia defense. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of been almost like a historic thing, Alabama running back just being good. And Yeah, I mean, you got to think, the the scoring. ones that he was following were Josh Jacobs, yeah, Derrick Henry. And it's, it's them scoring in national championships with big games like this and them really being able to use the run game and then – once the defense comes up in the run game, they use obviously the pass game, and yeah. they just didn't do that for some reason against Georgia. I don't know if it was because they changed their game plan because the injury on uh, 
wide receiver injuries or they just didn't think they have that strong of a run game. But um, in, uh, early in the season, they've showed that they, they they can run the ball and they just they just didn't do it that well. Yeah. Um, also, Stetson Bennett, man, what a story. Yeah. Uh, former mailman, walk on. Uh, yeah, walk on. Had two offers from no name colleges. Pretty. I think much. one was like Jackson Community yeah. College. Two offers out of college. Bryce Young had six, I believe. Um, the major ones that I've seen: Ohio State, Clemson, USC. Yeah, he was a five-star coming out of high school. Stetson Bennett, I think he was merely a one-and-a-half star. Yeah, true underdog. And you know what the thing is? I, th- I find this funny. Bryce Young called himself an underdog. <laughs> uh, he's battled a lot of stuff. Well, Bennett's been, Bennett's been through the ringer. Yeah, he's Bennett, made it the whole way. Bennett's definitely shown, you know, that he came to play in the big game. He struggled in the SEC championship pretty severely. Um, I As a Georgia fan, I figured JT Daniels would be coming out starting this game. Yeah. But, you know, they hung with Stetson Bennett, and I feel like that was kind of a big confidence thing for him, like knowing that they had his back like he had theirs. Yeah, and the big thing I saw, like, that I was, like, it was really uh, impressing to me is because, you know, he's not, like, that high level of a quarterback or wasn't thought to be at least before this game. And – in a big game, you can't make mistakes, especially against a defense like Alabama and with a high-level offense. They'll capitalize off it. He didn't throw a single interception. He limited mistakes, and he did exactly what he needed to do to get his team to win. For sure. Um, one play in uh, specific about that game, uh, I feel like the thing that kind of opened up Stetson Bennett to feeling comfortable in the big moment was that big throw to George Pickens. Yeah, for it was, sure. It was a 52-yard throw, huge, you know, right down the heart of the Alabama throw. defense. Yeah. Um, you know, but that was honestly a great game by both teams. Uh, I think, you know, Georgia scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, that was a close game, you know. <clears throat> you take 20 off of Georgia's of Georgia's points and Bama wins that game. Yeah. They just had an electric fourth quarter. Yeah, they really did. And um, their offense, I, I, I mean, it was, it was really cool to see because they really, like, they really did what they needed to do and figured out offense, uh, uh, Alabama's defense, rather. And they finally got that touchdown after the uh, pass interference call, which, you know, a lot of people like say that's not sportsmanship. But it was a smart play, uh, a purpose uh, pass interference, because it would have been a touchdown for Georgia, but they got it regardless. It was and, definitely a heads-up play. You yeah, know, uh, I was sure watching was. that game. He, that guy that got the pass interference call, I don't necessarily recall his name. I think his last name was Jackson. Yeah, um, he was a freshman. He was really inexperienced. <laughs> Georgia kind of targeted him pretty well uh, in the first half of the SEC championship. And, they uh, had much success in that game, and eventually they switched him out in that uh, SEC championship. And going into this game, they had him in there the whole time due to a couple injuries, and uh, I, I feel like they targeted him very well. But on his part, that was a heads-up play because it's not like the NFL. You know, it's just 15 yards. It's not spot of the foul for and pass interference. You know, that's that's so tough. Uh, he's a freshman, and he's getting targeted in the game. They know he's inexperienced, and it's just tough all around too because – Alabama has this happen every year. Georgia, Ohio State, high-level teams, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, even in basketball, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. They, they, they can't keep their players because they all get drafted. So, you know, sometimes they got freshmen in uh, certain positions and they just uh, they come sometimes uh, shoot, some, shoot themselves in the foot because they don't, they don't have uh, more experienced players. And you kind of see teams like Georgia, who has uh, more experienced guys, win more often because of it. And, Guys who uh, do uh, – th- that's the good thing, though. So the guys who do uh, get targeted and, like, 
uh, Jackson per se. They do end up getting uh, experience, you know, start winning some games and typically get a championship some t- point later on their uh, college career, collegiate career. career. Yeah, so he's got he's got a long four years for that to possibly happen, especially with his buddy on the offensive side, Bryce Young, yeah. already a Heisman winner at such a young age. You know, that team has a really bright future. Um, ESPN top 25, the two early, they uh, they already ranked them at number one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think this is kind of like a good point to start going to NFL. Uh, like some guys like uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Trevor Lawrence, you just they get they get thrown under the bus because they're inexperienced and Tua Tagovailoa statistically is a, a has been a great quarterback for the Dolphins this year, especially in the second half. Obviously, winning eight out of their last nine, and uh, one of the crazy things I saw: Brian Flores fired. How do you feel about that after the after the, they lost to? Uh, Tennessee. Only six coaches right now have a better win percentage in the past three years. I find that absolutely just insane. Yeah, you know, it's, like it's, it's mid rebuild. Your team goes. What was their record? Nine and eight to finish the season. Your team goes nine and eight. To you finish have a the winning season. record. You're in one of the hardest divisions, I believe, in the AFC. You got the Bills. You got the Patriots and the Jets. Um, the Jets are very competitive. Not great, the, but they're a competitive team. You know what I mean? They got some good young guys. Crowder. Uh, in the wide receiver position. and That Zach Wilson, he actually turned it up for the second yeah. half of the season as it's, well. It's crazy to me. I can't believe they fired him. I, I think it's a terrible, terrible choice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. A couple of the coaching firing. Yeah, uh, on the, yeah I was going to say on the I other. Agree on with, the, I agree with Mike Zimmer. Uh, Matt Nagy as well. Nagy for sure. Uh, the Bears, they've been through the ringer, like you said earlier, for man. Sure. They struggled for the past couple of years. Uh, uh, yeah. It's definitely disheartening, you know, and then, having a couple bad years in a row, but – Good for them. They got rid of their GM as well. I saw that earlier this week also. Um, looks like they're going into a full rebuild. I'd like to see how Justin Fields can go and, with that system. And going back to the Vikings, I don't I don't think Mike Zimmer was a terrible coach. He just wasn't fit to suit. Like, he wasn't fit for the job in Minnesota because he doesn't – there's there's two types of coaches, right? There's the coaches that play to win. Right. There's the coaches that played not to lose. And Mike Zimmer is a coach that plays not to lose. That's why he loses so many games. He has – Teams that come back on him, kind of like the Colts were this year, honestly, with all those uh, early losses. They played not to lose when they were up on the Ravens earlier in the season. And yeah. You, know, you just can't do that. And uh, then the Ravens had that astonishing fourth-quarter comeback. Lamar Jackson, I think, had like 300 yards yeah. in the last 15 minutes of the game or something. I, I think he surprised people a little bit this year because Lamar Jackson, I, I, I think – I watch a lot of the games, you know. Uh, we're in Cincinnati, so you see a lot of – Bengals, Ravens on television, and he he passed great. Honestly, his defense just gave up a lot of points. Um, they didn't have much of a running game, and uh, it was really surprising just to see the Ravens like that low in the division. Uh, you know what I mean? Finishing last, yeah, yeah that was that was a. That I think was a I, I think if they can uh, pick up some guys, get some guys off injury, I think if they pick up a, a wide receiver or two. They got Holly Brown. He's a uh, Probably he if if they get a number one wide receiver he could probably be the best number two in the league. Yeah, he's got a uh, electrifying speed yeah, and you know he does. if if the ball is placed right you know he is still an NFL receiver he'll catch it if it's thrown his way. Um, it was proven in a couple of them big catches against the Bengals. Yeah, he in really the first did. meeting with Lamar. The first half of the game he had some crucial or second half coming out of the third quarter rather or yeah, coming out of halftime drive. in the third quarter he uh first drive had a long touchdown pass there as a. Uh, uh, showed his skill, showed Lamar can actually throw the ball downfield, which many people didn't think he can do. And uh, I think I, the, I don't understand the hate against Lamar. He's not a, 
terrible quarterback. I, yeah, I get everybody says he's a running back. He, he runs the ball a lot, but, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, It I, helps his team for sure. I agree. Uh, Breaking, they broke a Ravens rushing record this year. I would say his rushing record as a quarterback, I, th- I think that that broke the record yeah. for the Ravens uh, out of all running backs and quarterbacks. Um, speaking of rushing yards, though, man, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. great season by him. Un- terrible that the Colts lost. How, how did they lose to the Jaguars? I mean, I, I think the main thing was Jonathan Taylor had 15 attempts. Yeah. 15. You have Carson Wentz, a quarterback. And you give the ball to Jonathan Taylor 15 times. Yeah. And he puts up 17, 71 yards. 71. He averaged over five yards a carry. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty freaking good, man. Yeah. And, uh, he's been their main scorer. Everybody knows how good Justin Taylor is. And they, they just didn't use him to his full ability. Kind of the same thing you saw in the Alabama game. where They, didn't, they weren't really running the ball. And Carson Wentz, just, he can't win big games. He can't. Yeah. Uh, man. If we're looking at the seasons of the stats, he had over 100 more carries uh, from last season and almost 800 more yards with uh, 0.5 more yards a carry yeah. and seven more touchdowns. Yeah, he, he really stats stepped don't it lie. up. You can watch the games. He, his versatility, his his vision, it's just insane. Yeah, He's and the speed. A great well, while we're on this topic, why don't we bring it up? Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, who, who do you think's better? I'm definitely going Derrick Henry. He had 900 yards, and he hasn't played since October. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, obviously. Um, he was he was head and shoulders so, above everybody else. It's so hard to argue for Jonathan Taylor because he has such a better O-line yeah. than, than Derrick Henry does. But I don't like comparing the two players just in general because they're not really the same type of running back not at, at all. all. Derrick Henry's a – he's. It, Let's just put it this way. If Derek, there's a defender in front of Derrick Henry, he's running through him. If there's a defender in front of Jonathan Taylor, he's running around him. Yeah. So they're just they're just not the same. They don't really have the same build. So. Yeah, it's definitely hard to compare the two. And uh, like I said, I, I personally think Derrick Henry's better, but I've heard a lot of great arguments of why Jonathan Taylor is better. Yeah. Um, You know, with that all great offensive line, one being Quentin Nelson, who I believe is a future Hall of Famer. At that uh, left guard position, yeah, for sure. He handled uh, Aaron Donald one on one pretty handily himself, uh, which is definitely easier said than done. And, and the Titans, I want I want to say this: the Titans don't have a terrible offensive line. It's not bad. It's it's pretty good. It's uh, a little above average, but Derrick Henry probably could use the Jets' O line and still score two touchdowns a game. Yeah, I I think uh, you could put Derrick Henry in almost any situation. He's yeah, he's hitting over a thousand. He is yards. the stereotype. The franchise player you want. Yeah, I can if, agree if with that. If there was a whole one. NFL draft right now and you like did this restarted and every team got to pick, Derrick Henry's probably your number one player. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. It's either got to be him or maybe Tom Brady or Rodgers, but he's a running back too. He's not even a quarterback, and he'd still be probably top five picks. In only in only eight games, which is you know less than half of the season, with there being seventeen games, he had nine hundred and thirty-seven yards, but. What I find absolutely astonishing is he had 219 carries, which yeah. is more than half of what Jonathan Taylor had in 17 games. So, like like I said, it's it's really hard to compare the two. You know, Derrick Henry gets the ball on average about 30 times a game, and he just produces with them carries. Yeah. Uh, with his high being 182 yards, he did have a pretty low uh, rushing game week one against the Cardinals, but... I think most people did. You could say the same about Aaron Rodgers yeah. with his passing yards. It, you know, week one. Oh, I want to. Noted on something real quick. It's it's kind of sad to see what's happening to Derrick Henry, and you might be like, sad happening to Derrick Henry. What do you mean? He's on a good team. He's playing good. But 
the same thing that's happening to him right now with Ryan Tannehill and the ball going to him almost every single play is the same thing that happened to Adrian Peterson. He's He got hurt this season. You know, he keeps getting hurt. His career's not going to last that long if the Titans just keep giving the ball to him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, Adrian Peterson, you know, he was a really good running back for what seemed to be forever. Yeah. And eventually, you know, if you look at Adrian Peterson now, I bet he struggles to walk, struggles to tie his own shoes, you know. Like, mm -hmm. you could say the same thing about Peyton Manning with that bad offensive line yeah. in, uh, uh, what's it called, Denver. Yeah. He got hit a lot at such an old age, man. It's hard got, to take yeah, them blows. And, you know, it might sound hypocritical. I was telling Bama and the Colts to run the ball earlier in the season. It's just Titans, they need to figure out something else on offense. It's, it's so much more than um, they're over, overdoing it. They're, Definitely. They're giving the ball to, to uh, Derrick Henry way too much, uh, far too often. And uh, I mean, getting back, him back in the playoffs is always going to be – it's going to be great for the team, but – you know, I, I it'd be a shame to see him go out, get a ton of carries in the playoffs, and then get hurt in like in that uh, AFC Championship game. Definitely, uh, it's nice that they got that extra week of rest though for him. You know, like for his sake, get an extra week of rest, come out uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs, and you yeah. know he could possibly play a team like uh, you know the Cincinnati Bengals or the New England Patriots, which is both you know. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. middle-of-the-road yeah. defenses, but them offense is pretty high-powered. Derrick Henry's going to have to keep on scoring and have to keep on going in his first week and back. The, the clock, that's what we got to worry about. You can't – Tannehill can't win a – he can't win a shootout if no. if it happens, if they're no. going to have to throw the ball down the field. And I'm taking Burrow versus Tannehill almost oh, any day of the week. Any day, any day. Even with the Bengals O-line being kind of shaky, I'd, I'd still take Burrow any day. Definitely. Especially with the wide receivers. And Tannehill's in that depth out of wide receivers. I, I think if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were on a different team, they'd probably have better stats. I can agree. Quarterback. Uh, speaking of that, man, like, they do have two receivers who Julio Jones yeah. is out of it. He is old, but he is still a, he's still he's still a good Jones. receiver. He's, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Um, and then A.J. Brown, man, he Great is – I, I think that he's probably top five or top ten in the league this year. Yeah, I'd say top this ten. Year. Yeah. Um, you know – he was hurt a little bit of the year, but whenever he needed to show out, he did. And uh, that proved to be, uh, you know, their secret weapon passing-wise whenever Derrick Henry was hurt and they had Deonta Foreman in the backfield, um, who, speaking of Deonta Foreman, uh, he had a very, very tough uh, task trying to fill in for Derrick Henry. But he did do very well, uh, you know, yeah, filling them shoes. You know, on the topic of wide receivers and top ten and all that um, – you live in Cincinnati, hear a lot of Bengals fans talk. A lot of people are saying Jamar Chase is top 10. And I'm sorry. Uh, Jamar Chase is not top 10. I mean. Not yet. He will be. He for sure will be. But I do not think Jamar Chase is top 10 yet. I, I, mean, I heard one of them say T. Higgins is top 20. Uh, no that's, way. That's a tough one. Yeah, I was going to no say. No way. T. Higgins possibly, though. I mean. He is a really good number two receiver, but I don't know if you put him top drops, 20. He drops quite a few passes. Jamar Chase had two two games this year of over 200 yards as a rookie. How many other rookies can say that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I don't know if you can call him top 10 in the league, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's great. He's a rookie, but that doesn't add on to his skill. Like, all right, he's a rookie. He's performing completely well. He took the transfer from college to the NFL great. And even though I had a year off because he – uh, wanted to declare for the draft. Uh, but th just because he's a rookie doesn't make him higher up on the list. 
which definitely I think is a huge misconception. And then uh, people think Tyler Boyd's top thirty. Come on, I I definitely no. think that we have a top three trio in the yeah uh, for sure in the league. Great though. great wide receiver trio. Definitely, uh, I think they all complement each other very well. Jamar Chase being the speedster mm-hmm. and that he is the deep honestly threat. just a great five on five on offense and even six if you want to add. Zama in there. You get a great quarterback, yeah. great running back. Mix in top three, I think, in the league. Definitely. He's close. Uh, the thing is, um, a lot of people like to argue uh, Nick Chubb over – because if you're, if you're talking about having injured players and we're counting Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey, a lot of people are going to argue Nick Chubb over Joe Mixon, which I think Joe Mixon is better running back than Nick Chubb. I was going to say, look at the offensive line that Nick yeah, Chubb is given. offensive line. Joe Bitonio, uh, you know, Wyatt Teller. And he still uh, he has more yards. Now, I, I'm not discrediting Nick Chubb at all. He's a great, 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 great running back. Definitely. Uh, really is. Great explosion and everything. And um, He carries his team as well. He probably has too many carries. Baker Mayfield up there in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, you know, back to the Jamar Chase topic, man. I saw something this weekend saying that he led the AFC in receiving yards and uh, yards per catch and touchdowns as a receiver, which is remarkable as a freshman, you know. Or uh, not as a freshman. Uh, I'm sorry, as a rookie, rather. Um, but still, that is just absolutely – that just blows my mind. Um, you know, I feel like that's a good argument of why you could put him top ten, but it's it's just, you know, too early, I feel like. He, like T. Higgins, he had many, 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 many drops this year. If you watch yeah. the Bengals games, man, oh, man. If he would have caught half of the passes that he dropped, he would have tremendously better stats. Tremend- That's why I think he's going to be top 10 next year, probably. A couple he- of the games being, uh, or a couple of the drops being in, you know, the heartbreaking overtime loss to the 49ers. Yeah. One being a touchdown that he dropped wide open in the end zone. The biggest drop in that game. Yeah, Jesse um, Bates pick six. That could have been it. Man. That would end of the game. Would have been a pick six. Yep. Bengals would have won, and he dropped it. And yeah, I guess that's why he's on defense. You know what I mean? There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda with the Bengals this year, man. But they hit their stride hitting the um, playoffs. I think that this could be a very good team and very dangerous to play. Um, speaking of which, though, I think we go into week eighteen. What are your thoughts on Week 18 so far? You know, or, well, I, uh, overview? I like what the Broncos showed for sure. Um, they showed they have Drew, something in Drew Locke. They got something there. For sure. They've got something going on. If they can just finally figure out that offense. They don't have t- a terrible defense, I don't think. They held Kansas City 28. Really young defense. Yeah, really that's, young. That's so young, and that's that's really impressive to hold such a high-level offense like Kansas City to 28 points. And uh, so, yeah, and then the Eagles, I think uh, – Kind of disappointed everybody. You know what I mean? They're supposed to be the underdog sure. of the playoffs, and everybody's picking them to beat Tampa Bay. And they got smashed by the Cowboys. They got absolutely demolished. Yeah. That one was a tough one to watch. Uh, you know, with it being on the Saturday, you know, it was the late game. Everyone was hyping it up. Um, my personal opinion, uh, Jalen Hurts is kind of on an island out there. He really is no alliance. He is struggling. He's got Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, which and Lane Johnson's very injury prone. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I think he's going to be better than Carson Wentz. But the same thing that's happened to Carson Wentz happened to him. Carson Wentz got hammered in the pocket when he was in Philadelphia. That's why he got hurt so many times. That's why he had that torn ACL so early in his career. Yeah, now, everybody wants to say he's injury prone, but that might be because he was getting hit so often. He was getting pounded, pounded, pounded when he was. Uh, 
in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, that was definitely a tough couple of years to watch for Carson Wentz. And sadly, like you said, it looks like the same thing for Jalen Hurts. And uh, I feel like they had a lot of contested balls that he threw this season, which could have been caught by a receiver like we were talking about, like T. Higgins or, you know, a big receiver that could go up for the pass and, uh, you know, make them astonishing catches. Um, but it, it just doesn't seem like they've got anybody. Yeah, Devontae they, Smith is a little bit too uh, – He's a little bit too small, like, you know, like he's he's got the height, but he's just not really the big, athletic, like, tough guy that you want. You could say the same thing about Jalen Rieger. He is fast. He's like Marquise Brown. He's a good number two receiver. He just struggles to get open sometimes just, on them zone coverages. They just haven't had that number one guy since they lost Alshon Jeffrey. Definitely. He, he was he had some injuries and stuff, you know. And it's that, and I, I mean, even the Super Bowl year, who they have? Zach Ertz? Yeah, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, they had a great defense that year. I would say the defense was was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was great. And they just since Alshon Jeffrey, they haven't had a receiver, and they need to pick up that receiver spot and get O lineman. Um, and uh, another two teams in that division that played were uh, Washington football team versus the first the Giants and. Giants, man, they have to figure it out. They are bad. I think they got to figure it out offensively and defensively. Oh, for sure. You know whether that means new coaching staff, you know, rebuild. Yeah, it's good. whatever you're thinking, man. If you got to trade Saquon for a couple of, you know, middle of the road guys that are going to at least help your team out, maybe a couple of veterans or something. You've got to do something. You cannot I just. I don't think Daniel Jones is that bad of a quarterback. I think he has a terrible line. He doesn't have many good receivers to pass to. Like. I mean, he's got uh, Kadarius Tony, right? He had what one good game, and he ha- I don't th- did he even score. He scored like like a touchdown this season. He he didn't score many touchdowns. Yeah, Kadarius Tony struggled. And I'll, uh, I honestly think uh, the Giants, man, like <clears throat> they do have a bright future. They've got they just, young stars. They do they have just young can't stars. Put it together, and the thing they 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 definitely have some organizational issues paying that much money for uh, Kenny Galladay. For him to not do anything, yeah, um, he was like a second. Yeah, he was like a sec. Was he for the Lions? He played for the Lions before. Yeah, he him. played for the Lions. Yeah, and he was like a. He was a star with the Lions, yeah. really. Um, you know, that like like we were talking about back to the Kadarius Tony thing. Um, he's supposed to be their number one receiver. Ended the season with only thirty nine catches for four hundred and twenty yards. And that, that's very good uh, ratio there for four hundred twenty yards and. Yeah, 39 40, catches. 40, 40 receptions. It's One game he had 10 uh, receptions for almost 200 yards, but he did not get in the end zone. Finished the season with zero touchdowns. Yep. I get it. He's a rookie, but <clears throat> if if that's your star, you've got to find him in the red zone where it really matters. And they always go, every time I ever saw them play, the Giants only go to their tight end in the red zone. They play the Chiefs, tight end in the red zone. Every single time that they try and get Evan Ingram. He's an all right tight end. He definitely has declined, and he can't catch the ball. That's the problem. You can't throw the yeah. ball, you can't throw the ball to a guy in the end zone. You can't catch the ball, and then leave your number one wide receiver just stranded out to dry, not even not even throw the ball to him. I can agree with that for sure. Um, you know, uh, you know, back to the week eighteen thing, man. What about Big Ben? What about him sneaking into the playoffs for his last season? Is this the Cinderella story of the century? Or this, do you think they get blown out week one? This is not the Cinderella story, <laughs> I have to say. Everybody's hinting hinting this. Uh, we got Juju Smith-Huster and Antonio Brown hinting that um, something big is going to happen. Nothing's happening, folks. Nothing is happening. Yeah, I can uh, 
I can agree with that one. Big they, Ben. They, they played the Chiefs first round. What happened last time they played the Chiefs? Ah, uh, oh wasn't it thirty six to ten? They got obliterated. They're, they played terrible. They scored ten points on offense. Ten. Ten. They, they can't score all year. But they score against the Lions like sixteen points. Yeah. Scored sixteen against tied. The Ra- scored six against sixteen against the Ravens. They can't score points. And quite honestly, that tie probably helped them out more than anything. Yeah. And you know the Bengals defense is nothing to um, go home about, but they made Bengals defense like look like super superstars, and they don't have nearly any linebackers. Yeah, they've got Logan they've Wilson. got DBs. They've got a lot of rising stars, especially at the DB position. But um, and then they've got a few really good linemen. But other than that, it's nothing. It's a little bit over mediocre. You know what I mean? And they made yeah. the Bengals defense look like stars twice this year. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, what a great career by that guy. Seriously, never ended a season with a losing uh, record. Um, You know, one of the (coughs) most consistent quarterbacks I think I've ever seen in my lifetime and probably that, you know, any of us will ever see. Uh, He didn't really have any of the record-breaking stats. You know, he didn't have the most passing yards, didn't have the most passing touchdowns, didn't have the most wins. But I don't really think that matters, man, you know. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that stat you said before, like, it's a team stat. Definitely. Right? Record is a team stat. Super Bowls are a team stat. If you're, When we talk about the greatest of all time, are you going to tell me that Nick Foles is better than Dan Marino because he doesn't have a Super Bowl? It doesn't right. matter about record. The reason that he's never had a losing season, in my opinion, is because his teammates, he's had great teams throughout his years. The Steelers have always been good. They're and Very well coaching. They have, Yeah, I was just about to say, Mike Tomlin, great coach, <laughs> top five coach in the league for sure. Took a team this year that had no business being in the playoffs and put him in the playoffs. For sure. Um, you know, I think personally the Ravens, man, they had so many oh injuries this season. Like you said, finishing last in the division, man, oh man. Yeah, you just and you know I they they could have had two wins too if they would just kick a freaking extra point. What yeah. is what is Harbaugh thinking of there? One against the Packers, yeah. One I, against the Steelers. That uh, that might be the worst. Like choices I've ever seen. You got to kick the field goal, dude. You have that high level of an offense for sure. You get a high or high level quarterback, not offense, because of all the uh, running back injuries. But really, you're you're gonna score all those points in game, and then not trust your not trust your offense in every time. Because what's yep. the worst that's gonna happen? You're, you're flipping a coin either way. At least you have your, your percentage goes up by a thousand, definitely. And it's just wrong choice twice. Um, you know. Awards are right around the corner. Uh, let's start off with MVP. What do you What do you think is going to happen MVP wise? Personally, I could see Aaron Rodgers winning. Yeah, it's it gotta all. be Rodgers. Yeah, I'm gonna say Rodgers has got to get it all, don't you think? It's not even a question to me, honestly. Uh, Bruce uh, Arians earlier this week, head coach for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, stated, uh, basically word for word, it's, it's not even close. Talking about the race between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Did he say it was? Did he say Tom Brady? Yeah, he said Tom yeah. Brady. He said it's not even close. Okay, that's great and all, but I think that's definitely pretty biased. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, your head coach comes out and says that you you're gonna be MVP. Okay, yeah, of course he's gonna pick the best player on his team to be MVP. Right. When every coach, oh, yeah. I think he deserves it because I see him play. Well, of course, you see him play the most. You see him play. See the things he does. Tom Brady's a great player. Obviously, he's he's probably the smartest player on field at all times. But he just he doesn't play like Aaron Rodgers does, uh, and. Doesn't have the skill that Aaron Rodgers does. Like we can all agree, Aaron Rodgers is probably the most skillful quarterback of all time. He's got the arm, most talented quarterback of all time. For sure, you want to argue Brady's the goat. Aaron Rodgers has some pretty bad teams uh, in the past. For sure, sure has. And uh, 
pretty you bad. You go back to that season where he broke his collarbone. They went, they they couldn't win a game without him. Yeah, he's carried the Packers, carried them his whole career. Yeah, whole career. for sure, for sure. Um, you know, this is an outside question, but do you think Joe Burrow has made a case for MVP? I think he's made a case. Well, obviously they're not going to get the offense player of the year for quarterback, but I mean, right. he's like what you give the offense player of the career, uh, year award to. You have a great player, but he's just like not in the position to be an MVP. And he's just, he doesn't have the O-line to do it. And once he gets the O-line, which I think the Bengals got to draft all O-line when they go into the draft this year. Or at least pick up a couple veterans oh, in free agency. Yeah, you got to. Trade a pick. We don't care if you trade the number one pick. Bengals need no line, and that's that. Yeah, I can I mean, agree with and that. And they've been uh, terrible. Wholeheartedly. With, they've been terrible with alignment in recent years. Marvin Lewis, terrible coach. Um, they gave Andrew Whitworth away. Yeah. They could have franchise tagged him. What are they doing? Man, who knows? Honestly, uh, Mike Brown, GM for the terrible Bengals. Terrible GM. Horrible worst, with the money. Worst uh, GM in the league. I'll tell you what, though. Within the past no, season. No, no, owner. He's the owner. Yeah, he is the yeah, owner. Worst the owner in the league. Well, we don't have a GM. So yeah. he's both. Yeah, and, um, you know, he, he has he, no idea how to do his job, honestly. He's just there for the money. Um, um, in this past season, he gave the money up uh, to his daughter, and he let her kind of control the free yeah, agency. Yeah, which is good because... You saw what we did in free agency. Yeah, after uh, I heard uh, once Ma- Mike Brown passes away, which uh, I'm not cheering on or anything for sure. I think that would, that would be sad for everybody, including his family. But once he does pass away, I'm pretty sure the Bengals team... The team goes to his daughter and her husband. Yeah. And she seems a lot, a lot more invested into uh, what the Bengals have to offer than. I'm sorry, Kate Blackburn. Uh, than the Bengals have to offer than Mike Brown does for sure. Yep. She's uh, a little bit more risky uh, with the money that she has. You see, uh, she went out and picked up Riley Reef, who sadly right now is injured, but yeah. that's a huge and pickup for the Bengals. The other thing is she's smart. Yeah. Um, for sure. I'm pretty sure she's like a lawyer, so her husband's a lawyer or something like that. And I think once the team's in their hands, this this, this team's gonna boom. You got a team like Cincinnati, you got a city like Cincinnati. They haven't been in the playoffs in years, and well, I guess it would if you haven't been in the playoffs in years, your team would more likely go to the playoffs. One, your fans more likely want to go to the playoffs. But there's been nothing to cheer for, and you still go to the games and you see Bengals fans cheering on the team down 30 points. Yeah, like you could do so much with that, and all Mike Brown cares about. Is making getting a little scooping a little change off the top, and you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. He's just classical big corporation type guy. Offensive player of the year. Who are you giving it to? Uh, Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Cooper Cup, the the triple crown winner. But then you've got uh, Jonathan Taylor with the uh, most rushing attempts and the most rushing yards. Who do you think deserves deserves it more? This is tough, and everybody wants to go Jonathan Taylor right away, but you have to look at Cooper Cup. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he's carried his team this year, but Cooper Cup has done the exact same. For sure. He, he I mean, you know you got Van Jefferson down there in uh, L.A., but majorly Stafford, his stats would not be what they are if he didn't have Cooper Cup right now, and he's such a smart player. I, 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 I can't even choose between them, honestly. I honestly, if I had to pick, I'm a little bit biased. I like Cooper Cup in fantasy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did too. Um, I think you, I think you give it to Cooper Cub. The last Triple Crown winner, uh, I think, was two thousand eight. Uh, Steve Smith Senior. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been a while. It's been over ten years. I think you give it to the guy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, that case, I, I guess you would. But 
Um, if you don't give it to, uh, you can't not look at Jonathan Taylor. Though. You can't not consider him at least. Because yeah, for sure. What they've done this year is just incredible. His third year running back, incredible. And uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to go Michael Parsons. Um, I think we were talking about this before. He's in the worst division of football. Yeah, the armpit. Especially, of the NFL. well, well, it's debatable, honestly. If you ask me, he's in the worst division of the NFC. I would think the AFC South might be the worst, just because they have Jacksonville, um, the Texans, and Tennessee. Probably not be where they are right now if they didn't have Derrick Henry in the beginning of the season, for sure. But regardless, the NFC. Uh, East is terrible, and the only good team is the team that he's on. Yeah. So he's going against what we already talked about earlier, the Eagles O-line, the Giants O-line, huh. and the Washington Redskins O-line. You can't keep a quarterback in the – they can't keep a quarterback the whole full season because every quarterback they get gets killed in the backfield. It's coming off thinking, you know, that's that's six of your games right there. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's anything, like you said, to write home about, man, like – you're going against beat up offensive lines with unexperienced yeah, sure. quarterbacks. Um, you know, uh, it's a tough. It's tough to give it to him. Um, I, I think we're really looking at it. You got to take T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt tying cool the West record. Year. People want to put the asterisks next to his name in the record book. But if you look games. at it, he played 14 games. Yeah, well, 15 counting the last. Yeah, he one. got hurt. 15. He played less than Michael Strahan. Yeah, he played less games and tied the record. I think they put an asterisk next to Michael Strahan then. Didn't yeah, play I can agree with that. Um. Okay, uh, this is this is definitely a touchy subject for you know Bengals and Patriots fans. Who do you give uh, offensive rookie of the year to? Do you this give it to Mac so Jones hard. or Mac Jones? I'm gonna go no. I'm gonna give it to Jamar Chase and not Jalen Waddle. And here's why: Mac Jones doesn't get the award because his coaching staff. All right, Mac Jones has tremendous help from his coaching staff and the way they taught him to play. He, I think, it, I mean, the bang, Zach Taylor's not bad, but. You're really going to tell me Zach Taylor's better than Bill Belichick. I think that the reason Mac Jones is performing so well is he's got scale for sure. He's definitely a good quarterback, but he also has the better coaching, some better tools. He's got a better defense for sure. And uh, uh, Jamar Chase is just uh, – his stats don't lie. He's yeah. a great wide receiver. I think his stats show that he needs he, – he deserves a number one spot. And Jalen Waddle, I want to give it to him because – his stats are just, just not as good as Chase's. He doesn't he doesn't play the same way Chase does. Really, they're not really the same wide receiver at all. Jamar Chase is Jamar all, Chase also competing for receptions. Yeah, Jamar Chase is almost like a uh, he's got another thousand yard receiver on his team. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase Chase rather is is not even close to the same wide receiver as Waddle. Jamar Chase is a Terry Kill type player. I I would compare Waddle more to like. I would say... I would say like a Michael Thomas yeah. taking a five-yard pass and turning yeah, it into something that's what I'm bigger. Saying. And then... Reception leader. I mean, I don't want to say DeAndre Hopkins, but I also do because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins sometimes does that, but he also, he's so tall and lengthy that sometimes he turned into a Calvin Johnson type player. He's got one of the biggest hands in the yeah. NFL. He's got like a, uh, I think it's like a 7XL <clears> glove. <throat> yeah, and, you know, another place like that for sure is T. Higgins. He's Calvin yeah. Johnson build. Definitely. He's not as big as Calvin Johnson, but he does the same thing. He's going up there. He's going up to catch balls, and um, you know, it's just a uh, same same full type build. And Bengals got really something special on him. I, I I think all those wide receivers, all the people I just named, they're good players. I just think Jamar Chase deserved um, Rookie of the Year more than anybody on um, anybody in, in the AFC. 
Mac Jones, uh, you know, looking at his stats, he had two games of 300 or more yards, neither of them being over 310 yards. Other than that, man, his stats are really mediocre. Really are, and uh, he he gets a lot more opportunities, I would say, than Jamar Chase having that defense, um, having such like a better defense than uh, and the and the Bengals do. He gets a lot more chances on offense. He also has um, a lot of good weapons um, in in the running back position, so uh, they can draw that they can draw the defense and do a run and throw the ball and significantly better coaching staff, even though I don't think the Bengals' coaching staff is bad. I just think the Patriots' coaching staff is really, really, really good. Really good. Bill Belichick, yeah. greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. Um, I think this is a quick one to talk about. I think defensive rookie of the year, obviously, Michael Parsons. Yeah, it's, Nobody I mean, else even competes for that one. He's he's definitely not a bad player. We're not saying he's a bad player. We're just saying he doesn't deserve defensive player of the year because he plays in the worst division in football, and you know, we for don't sure. know what he's fully seeing. Um. Okay. Uh, comeback player of the year. I think right now it's up to three people. Uh, it's up to our own Joe Burrow. It's up to uh, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and um, you know the San Francisco Forty ers Nick Bosa. I think you could also go Wentz there too, maybe. But he just hasn't had that great of a season. You know, out of all the four players, so you know who I'm taking Joe Shiesty, baby. <laughs> Joey franchise. Joey B. Uh, I think I think you definitely it's go. It's not even a question to me. Uh, Tore everything in that left knee, and then you know also had issues on the right knee. Uh, and you know, I think the person who's closest to him is Dak for sure. Yeah, but, but uh, Dak has CD Lamb, Mark Cooper. CD Lamb is top ten. His career was already solidified down there. You know, he already proved that he was a good quarterback. Everyone was kind of expecting him to come back and do the same thing. Joe Burrow was questionable in the first case. You know, yeah, uh, it was really a, a comeback, like. Yeah, Dak Prescott kind of just came back and did the same thing he always did. Joe Burrow came back and turned it freaking on, dude. Yeah, he did. And I would also say Dallas probably has better line. I would say Dallas has slightly better defense. And, you know, the case is he just has better players around him. And Joe Burrow just doesn't have that. And he's still performing at the rate he is. Took his team. Won a division title a little after going. Would they have three wins last year? Uh, I think we ended 4-11-1. Uh, and one. Yeah. So... Joe Burrow really he he really represented that comeback I think more than Dak Prescott did. Um, last but not least, what are your predictions for the wild card to end this thing off? So we got first in the AFC. Let's go there first. Titans got the bye. We got Steelers, Chiefs. I'm taking Chiefs all day. Not even a question. You have a score prediction? I'm gonna go Chiefs 31, Steelers 17. I'm gonna go. Uh, I I say Chiefs 37. Uh, Steelers, Steelers 21. Um, and then for Raiders, Bengals, I'm taking the Bengals, and I'm going. Do they end the 31-year streak of, and yeah. the Bo Jackson curse against yeah. Bo Jackson's team? And they might do it, you know what I mean? And they, uh, uh I, I think they're going to win around, I think they'll probably score about 35, 38 points, and then, uh, Raiders probably, probably be around that 28, 25 mark. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Almost the exact same score prediction. Uh, I guess I'll take this one, the Patriots and Bills. Um, you know, this is this is a division matchup. They played each other twice already this year. They're 1-1. One and one. one of the games the Patriots won, you know, it was one of the wildest games I've probably ever seen. Yeah, with the Punters couldn't that. punt probably more than 10, 15 yards. Uh, Mac Jones won the game with, what was it, two completions? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, you take... I think I take the Bills. You know, they were inconsistent to start the year, but 
tend it off. They've they've turned it up. Um, I think I think I go Bills twenty eight, uh, Patriots seventeen. You know, it's so hard like to do, to bet against Bill Belichick. You can't. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with Nick Saban. Like people were taking the. I I don't want to put any discredit on him, but. People are betting on the Georgia, on Georgia. Really, you're gonna bet against Nick Saban? Yeah, that's kind of what I was. You thinking can't as bet well. against Alabama. I don't think you bet against Georgia either this year. But um, I'm gonna go against him. Bill Belichick is gonna lose first round in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills, and I'm gonna go Bills 28 and Patriots. I'm gonna give them. 24. I, I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game, and the Bills are yep. going to get like a touchdown at the end of the game and win it. I can uh, see that. Because they really they typically click on in the uh, fourth quarter. They struggle in the early parts of the games, but I think they'll finish it off and win the game. On to the NFC, the early slated games, Eagles-Buccaneers. Um, you know, like we were saying, the Eagles, you want them to be underdogs, but I just, sadly, I don't think that they're that good. I think I think the Buccaneers handle this one pretty, uh, pretty smoothly. I, I take this one being probably 35 to... To 14. And, you know, weeks in and weeks out or whatever, days in, days out, rather, I've been thinking the exact same thing. It's been no question for me that the Buccaneers are going to win this game. But, but, earlier in the season, the Buccaneers played the, the Washington football team. The Washington football team keyed in on all their weak points, every single weak point they had. Yeah. They beat them. And I was with all their receivers. And I'm taking the Eagles because I think that the Eagles are going to be able to do exactly what Washington did first. And uh, I think that Tom Brady is going to get picked off at least once in this game. That's definitely a pretty hot take, taking the Eagles over the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, You know, uh 49ers Cowboys. I say that's probably going to be the wild card game of the weekend. I would say so. It's either going to be that or the Bengals Raiders game. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the Rams Cardinals game is going to be good. But the way the Rams have played sometimes this season, I could see them just completely folding and being just. You'd say the same about the Cardinals. They just played all their starters I, I, against I, the Seahawks I and lost by eight. One of the teams is just going to fold out the gate. and just, Definitely. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be there because one day it's on and off with those teams. and uh, For sure. So, I, I mean, personally, for the 49ers-Cowboys game, I'm taking the Cowboys. And while okay. they, they don't, I think the 49ers have a more all-around team. But I still think the Cowboys are going to be able to beat them because the 49ers are definitely a better defense, I would say. And, uh, you know, but I can't trust Jimmy freaking Garoppolo. To win a game like that, I think he's going to get picked off at least twice. I, he, yeah, I, you can't trust him. I know he had that. I, I know. I know. I sound so hypocritical after he just had that long game-winning drive against uh, uh, against uh, the Rams, and he pretty much took his team back from the end of the fourth quarter to the uh, end of overtime. But really, you're going to trust Jimmy G to lead your team, beat the Cowboys, who've been one of the hardest teams to beat all season, and yeah, now. Taking the Cowboys 34, and I'll give 49ers give them uh, 24 points. Dallas won this one by 10. You know, the way that I'm looking at it, I'm looking at their schedule here, and you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are uh, they're three and four against playoff teams this season. Um, you know, two being the Eagles, uh, the, which are both wins, which. Uh, 
personally for me, I don't even know if I count those as wins. Those are pretty uh, walkover games. They beat them both pretty handily because the Eagles just it's a match. The game this game's all about matchups. Um, yeah, and I know, think one of those playoff teams though is the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was for the sure. first game of the season. You know, no team as we saw, especially this year, is going to be where they are at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season. Dolphins, right. Dolphins and Colts both had terrible, terrible starts and ended up being near playoffs. Let's go in the past couple of weeks, though. You know, the past, say, Thanksgiving to now, they've lost two games against playoff teams, one being the Raiders, one being the Cardinals, both by field goals. But, you know, those both still count as losses. I think the Cowboys, you know, they get to the playoffs pretty often, but they do fold and they do struggle under pressure. And, uh, you know... I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to struggle, and I don't know if they're going to be able to guard Debo. Yeah, so I'm know, taking the 49ers in this game. Uh, that's why I would I have them for sure losing second round. But they had such close games against them, and I, I, I don't think 49ers are going to be able to cover uh, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz. Right. And I, I personally think that uh, the Cowboys, if there's a shootout, they're going to win. Right. Like you, you could say I mean? the same thing about the uh, about the 49ers. They just beat the Rams this past yeah. weekend in overtime, coming down from seventeen to zero. But the thing is, I I never I don't really think the Rams are that great of a team. Honestly, right? They lose a lot of big games, a lot of big games. Packers, Cardinals, and you just can't, you know they they could never count on them. You know what I mean? Matt Stafford is always questionable. He's either throwing the ball perfect or he's throwing three interceptions a game against the 49ers. But uh, you know that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I think I I think Dallas's defense is going to pick off Jimmy G, and I think that's going to be the main factor. Jimmy G is going to turn the ball over for sure. Um, you know, onto the this one's a wild one. Cardinals Rams they play each other twice this year. They're one and one against each other. Um, you know, it's the first Monday night game of the in, ever for a playoff game. Um, I feel like this one's definitely going to be kind of a toss up. This one's I bet I bet I could flip a coin and you know. I'd have just as good of odds as if I was to pick one or the other right now. This one's a tough one for me to decide. But if I had to, if uh, I think it depends on if De- DeAndre Hopkins comes back for the Cardinals. If D-Hop comes back for the Cardinals, I think they win a close one. If not, I think the Rams can kind of take control and win. Wait, who did you pick? I picked the Rams. I'm going to say I am so confident in my pick that if there was ever a game, I, I'd never bet on sports, but if there was ever a game I'd bet on, I'm betting on the Cardinals right here. Are you? Oh. What if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't come oh. back? There's no solid receiver number one. Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, they can do the job. They can get it done. Kyler Murray. I don't know, man. Jalen Ramsey. Backfield's not terrible. Taylor Rapp. The thing is, I'm going to defense. Defense wins championships. I've been talking about defense all day. <clears throat> the Cardinals defense, I think that they are going to pick apart Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford so bad. I know the Rams have a great O line and all that. But you got Chandler freaking Jones on their side, and that guy is a menace. Yeah, he's a beast. And I and think JJ Watt's coming back. And I think that the Cardinals defense is going to hit Matt Stafford a lot, and he's going to throw some interceptions. We've seen it multiple games this year where he's been under pressure and he can't handle it, and he throws interceptions. And you know that's all great when you're on the Lions, but now you're on the big team. You're the big boy now. You're on, you're not you're not playing the Bears twice a year. And yeah. Um, or the Vikings. You don't have Calvin Johnson. You can't just throw the ball up. You got Cooper Cup. He's a great wide receiver for sure. And You're he's down one. Confusing. Robert Jones. Yeah. And or Robert Woods, I meant to say. Yeah, Robert Woods. And, you know, you're just going to have to find a way to get out of the pocket and 
not throw interceptions when you're under pressure. And I don't think he can do that. I think Cardinals are going to have some interceptions. It's going to be uh, it's not going to be uh, as good of a game for the Rams as I think it is. And like I said earlier before, I think that the Rams are going to get sh- like starstruck when they come out and play this team for sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I think on this show uh, we're going to end off with one big take. You know. Um, and I think I think fitting for the playoffs, we take one Super Bowl contender and one Super Bowl pretender in the playoffs right now. Uh, I, I think I'll start this one off. I think the number one Super Bowl contender in my book that's an underdog, really, is the Cincinnati Bengals. If they can start off hot and keep it going, they are Super Bowl contenders. They've beat the Chiefs. They've proven that they can win the big game. You know, uh, they, they played really well against the Packers, who arguably are the best team in football. You, I think if the Bengals hit the stride, they can win it all. Yeah, I want to agree with that. I so do. And I I say yes and no to that. that. I think they're AFC Championship contenders because their defense is just Heroic. shaky. It's shaky. Heroic in times they need to be. Yeah, but... But they, like you said, they are shaky. They're so on and off. It's not even funny. I don't think you can take them in a big game. Like this is this is the playoffs, man. These teams are coming to play, and uh, I just don't think I don't think their defense is gonna be able to hold up that long. Who, who do you have going? My uh, pretender. Um, my pretender. My pretender. I think is the Buffalo Bills. I think they're gonna do well the first couple of games, but That's Josh take. Allen is just really inconsistent. That's a really solid take, especially they've been really shaky. The whole team losing to Jacksonville, it's just been shaky. Yeah, uh, the whole season. Who do you got for pretender and contender? Well, for contender, <clears throat> I got it's got to be the obvious contender, Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Rodgers will gotcha. stay in Green Bay. Um, I, there's not really. I don't really have to debate anything. Is you don't think he retires if he wins the Super Bowl? No. He's gotcha. staying in the league. Um, what about pretender? Pretender. You know, this is a tough one for a Super Bowl contender. <clears throat> and uh, kind of talked about it earlier before, but I'm gonna have two teams actually. Gotcha. Let's start L- off this one hot. Number one, L.A. Rams. Obviously, I talked about them earlier before. Very. I don't. They they can't do it. They can't. I, I can right. understand that one. And. Let's hear the number two. Number two is the Arizona Cardinals, and everybody thought, oh, they're Ooh. Super Bowl contender because they did so great early in the year and whatnot, and I think they first are First team to 10 I wins. I think they're going to win their first game and lose their second game for sure. I can understand that one. Um, I think I think that one's going to end it off. Uh, you know, thanks for everyone who could listen all the way through. Uh, we will be back next, uh, next week to cover these playoff games, and have our next yeah, predictions. We'll cover what happened. Uh, we got some fans coming in of uh, Tampa Bay and the Raiders. They're going to talk about what happened. We got our star, uh, our co uh, co guys coming in. Uh, starting quarterback on the JV team, Ryan Brass. And we got, and then a star basketball player uh, for and, our elder Panther, Sam Jones, yeah, and volleyball player he is. Yeah, Brass great volleyball sports. Player. They're uh, big sports guys, and they're going to come in and talk about uh, their teams. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay. We're going to talk about the Raiders, and uh, we'll just see what happens this weekend. Uh, We want to thank you guys for listening. Um, And, you know, I hope you guys have a great weekend of sports. Um, We'll see you guys next week.